Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. back everybody to another edition of the junkyard Dogcast. i'm your host jordan hill got the whole crew with us today with rusty mansell and kip adams boys the countdown is on we are in draft week right now uh for some of us uh one of the best weeks of the year kip i know you're one of the people that gets real excited this time of year uh, just how is uh, the week treating you as we get closer and closer to thursday i mean i think i've already written down and planned for every single doomsday scenario possible um i'm at this point i'm expecting us to trade up for a backup punter but you know what (laughs) let's make it happen i think uh it it should be pretty interesting you know how many quarterbacks go in the top 10 you know it's it it should be a lot of fun but yeah i've been following this since uh well 25 over 25 years now had all the magazines had the whiteboard out myself (laughs) You know, always enjoy it when Atlanta's picking. You you find out that whoever they took isn't in any of your books. So um, that was always a a fun annual experience. But, yeah, this one should be good. Obviously, Georgia's had a huge presence the last couple of drafts. And uh, as we're about to talk about, I think a pretty big one in this year's as well. Rusty, uh, how about you? You've been through these uh, a couple times over the years, uh, just gearing up for another draft. Yeah, I think this is to me is uh, the, my second favorite. I love the combine. Just a that's just my thing for in an off season NFL. But the draft is awesome. It's exciting. We all, you know, we all are in the business of covering you know, the high school at some point. So we know these kids. I got a picture from uh, Nolan Smith when he was in the eighth grade at MVP camp, and uh, I look at that and think, man, that kid, you know, little scrappy kid from Savannah, uh, potentially could be a top ten pick. So. Uh, you know, that, that's the fun part of it. And no matter if those kids went to Georgia, you know, we kind of know their path and where they're from. And that's the fun part. Thursday night, uh, there's a big celebration for those guys. And and uh, looking really forward to seeing what the Falcons do. I, you know, most people projecting Broderick Jones to the Jets. And now that becomes uh, very important if you're going to protect what they just traded for. So, 
you know, so obviously they, they got to flip their, I think they're flipped their kit. If I'm right, they trade their pick. So they're now 15th instead of 13th. Yeah, so they might not get them now. So is Broderick Jones there? So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things. I know Miko Harbin put out a tweet immediately when he found heard the news yesterday. He was excited. So a lot of storylines uh, with this draft next couple of days and look forward to it. No doubt about it. And the, the crazy thing, and this is no different from any other draft, is how much things are changing. You mentioned the Aaron Rodgers trade. He's headed to the Jets. Uh, all of a sudden, there's buzz that Will Levis could be the number one quarterback. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily buy that after. I don't know, guys. I, let's let's talk about that just for a second. And I'll start with you, Rusty, because I see you shaking your head. If they if Will Levis goes number one, I, I don't know if I'll get over that anytime soon. I just... He could be an NFL quarterback, but I just was never sold on what I saw when we watched him live against Georgia. I, I'm with you. I just don't see it. You know, um, I don't no knock on him because I think Will Levis has a huge arm. You know, he's done some things. and But for me to look and say, we're going to make this guy our franchise, we're going to build our team around him, I would have a hard time passing up Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I don't, you know – we all three sit in that building and watched C.J. Stroud, and we were all like, holy, you know what, this guy is, I mean, where has this been? Regardless, um, you know, the biggest game he played in, he played his best game. So I know they're picking part the testing and all this other kind of stuff, but I would have a hard time. I think Bryce Young is going to, to Carolina number one, but if C.J. Stroud is not the number two quarterback taken, I, I'm not sold on Anthony Richardson either. I know he's big and strong and run, but I haven't seen it from him. And to say that he's a, he's a top five guy, and, and Will Levis, I, you know, Vegas is rarely wrong with things like this. And overnight last night, man, he made a huge jump into either being number two or number one even. So we'll see, man. That could be crazy. Yeah, count me a Stroud believer. If if he, I was telling you guys this before the podcast. If he fell to the Falcons and they did the smart thing and picked him, I would be running around my house. I'd lose it. Yeah, uh, Kip, what do you think just of these quarterbacks? And and again, the you know the thought right now that Will Levis could be the top one among them. I think that the NFL is. Here, out, here, out deep breath. He took one. <laughs> his ankles on this one. <laughs> the NFL has for decades overthought it, but at the same time, you know, we get talked about with the the high school rankings and we try to, you know, a lot of us, a lot of the rankings networks try to evaluate players with thoughts on the NFL draft and do a pretty good job of that as good a job as you can probably do with high school kids. But we get some wrong and those are brought up all the time. But I mean, you look at the NFL draft, they are spending, spending millions on evals. They're going back. Rusty knows they're talking to elementary school teachers. They're doing up and down evals. And then, but then on draft day, it just all goes out the window. It seems like, you know, as far as the, just the IQ and the decision making, uh, they fall in love with traits. Um, the NFL combine, they put a hot, lot of value in being able to see a guy throw on one knee 67 yards you know, uh, across the field. And so you look at Will Levis, you look at Anthony Richardson, and as far as what they've put on film, uh, you know, they, they shouldn't be in the top five. With Anthony Richardson, there really shouldn't be an eval yet. This this kid has had less than 400 pass attempts. He started 13 games. He's basically, you know, a, at the end of his college freshman season as far as his development. So whatever eval you have on him, 
it's it's really a guess. You're looking at, I mean, physically, yeah, he tore it up, you know, set new numbers for quarterbacks. But as, as far as his ability as a passer, you have no idea. He might be a top five passer in the NFL five years from now. He might be outside the top 25. Uh, you have no idea. So if you're in the top five and you're a GM, uh, you're putting your job on the line. You're saying, I'm betting on Anthony Richardson or Will Levis being a top five, top 10 quarterback in the league. And it, you know, it's it's a huge risk, a huge gamble. If you know, if I'm the Colts, I'm just hoping that the Texans are just in love with Will Anderson or maybe Tyree Wilson and they want an edge rusher because having CJ Stroud on the board, you pick a different quarterback other than him, you've gone ahead and established, you know, I'm going this will be my job on the line right here. I'm saying one of these two quarterbacks is better than CJ Stroud. It'd be an incredible decision. Um, I would not make that decision. You know, that would be an easy choice for me with CJ Stroud. Uh, I'm not worried about uh, test scores. Uh, I've seen enough. I watched, you know, we saw what he did against Georgia. Uh, that's as good as film as you're going to get. And it's definitely not something you've seen from Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. There's never a, po- a point in their career where you thought they, could, they look like a better quarterback than CJ Stroud. I'm just going to throw in Jordan Harris on Will Levis. Anybody that eats bananas whole hard pass. Yeah, that and the mayonnaise and the uh, coffee, I, I don't want any part. Take them off the board immediately. Well, then we talk about quarterbacks, and we do get rankings wrong, and none of us are involved in rankings anymore for, for obviously smart reasons. Uh, but, you know, with that, we've all done it. Kip and I specifically have done it for a while over the years. And here's what I say about the NFL. The entire offseason, an organization of highly paid professionals with countless hours of research, many, many hours of investigating, took Zach Wilson number two. And I think the majority of people were going, man, that's a reach, you know, and, and I, what do we know? I mean, we're on the outside looking in, but you want to talk about think people getting things wrong. I mean, you're talking four or five months of in, of digging deep. And not just one person in that room made that pick. 25 or 30 people signed off on that pick, and he wound up being a bust there so far. And, you know, you start talking about quarterbacks, it's such a crapshoot. But I would, I, I could not get past C.J. Stroud playing Georgia. And, and listen, they were banged up. You know, didn't have his best running back and had some guys, some wide receivers kind of banged up. He elevated himself, okay, and and – we all know what Georgia is because we cover them. But to to he gave Georgia fits, man, and he made some of the best throws that I've seen, other than Bryce Young against Georgia the last two or three years. I would just, I would have a hard time getting past that tape. I don't care what he tests. Who knows? It could have been a bad move that day. Might you know? You never know what's going on in a young man. What if his girlfriend broke up with him the day before? You know, you just don't know little things. But I know that on the biggest stage, that dude went off against the best team in the country and the Georgia Bulldogs. I have a hard time getting past that tape. I agree wholeheartedly, and it's going to be fun to watch. Let's talk a little bit, and also for anybody who's watching this live, if you got questions related to Georgia and the draft, feel free to throw those in there, and we'll try to tackle those as well. But let's talk about this overall class of Georgia players going into the draft. So you have 13 Georgia players who are hoping to be drafted. I'll run through their names real quick. Jalen Carter, Broderick Jones, Nolan Smith, Darnell Washington, Keely Ringo, Chris Smith, Warren McClendon, Stetson Bennett, Kenny McIntosh, Robert Beal, 
Kiaris Jackson, Warren Erickson, and Jack Podlesny. So you have 13 guys. We'll obviously see how it plays out. And I'll start with you, Kip. What do you make just of these guys from Georgia, um, sort of the Georgia class as a whole, as they get ready for the start of the draft and uh, they wait to see where they're going to get a chance to play in the NFL? Yeah, coming off of having 15 guys drafted, uh, i say it's a pretty good chance this group has 10 drafted. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, I think they're going to have a huge presence on each day of the draft. Uh, I think you you look at that first round, it's, you know, pretty solid bet. You're going to have three guys drafted, you know, in, in the first round. And then, it, then you start to get into, you know, positional value. You know, do we think Darnell Washington's a top 30 overall player in this draft? I think that's a safe bet. But at the same time, tight ends are just kind of a different position. You know, it depends on what what that team's trying to do uh, and and what they're asking of their tight ends at the same time. But you just don't see, you know, you usually see one or two tight ends in the first round. Those teams grab their guy and that's it. And, you know, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame is a guy that's really high on the board for, for a lot of teams. I think he's probably going to be that first guy taken. <laughs> You know, could go mid-teens, maybe by you know, around pick 20. And then you have Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, another guy that they think a lot of. I think those two guys both go in the first rounds, and then you're, you're kind of looking toward the end of the first round. And if that's a need for a team, then Darnell goes. He could be a guy that's, you know, you start looking at the ticker and the best available player. Darnell could be a guy that, you know, is the number one player for five to ten picks. It's just how that position goes. And then obviously Keely Ringo, you know, if they think he can be a cover corner NFL, uh, they look at Tyson Campbell, you know, coming out raw, but had the physical traits, had the size with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And and now, I mean, I think he graded out as one of the best cornerbacks in NFL last year in coverage. So it's a guy that maybe, you know, next year you're still working with him, working on the ball skills. You know that the testing numbers were great. You know, at, toward the end of the first round or into the 30s, I think that could be kind of where he falls. So uh, I, I still think, you know, three guys in the first round uh, and, and 10 guys total. That's another outstanding, uh, you know, overall advertisement for Kirby Smart in the program. No doubt. Rusty, what, what are your thoughts of this group that's getting ready to uh, see when they're going to hear their names called? Well, so I don't want to bring up the 3,000 misses I had, but I will beat my chest on the day that they signed. I made a note on the board that Jalen Carter would be the first player drafted out of this class. And I beat the drum for Jalen Carter. Uh, he was that guy. Everybody I talked to, I trusted they would go down to see him like this guy's a difference maker. It didn't take long for him to get into camp and be a difference maker. So hope I'm right on that one. Uh, sounds like the Seahawks is, is a spot for him. And, you know, I'm torn a little bit with this Falcons pick because, you know, obviously I did some radio in Atlanta and it's a high, it's a big discussion. It was today. Bijan Robinson versus Nolan Smith. You know, what, what would you do there? And, um, you know, as much as you want the Falcons to draft Georgia guys, uh, I would love for them to take Nolan Smith, but I'm not going to be crushed if they take B. John Robinson. I think he's that one guy in the first round as a running back that's a difference maker, and you have to have some depth. I mean, look at the Chiefs last year. They were playing a guy in the seventh, seventh round draft choice because of injuries at the end. So we need some pass rush as a Falcons fan. If they take Nolan, I'm not going to be crushed. If they take B. John, I'm not going to be crushed. But Nolan Smith, is going to end up in the first round. And I can promise you this, 
You can mark this down on 425, 2023. It will not take more than 60 days for Nolan Smith to buy his mom a house. And that has been a goal of his. Uh, Jamari Sider did the same thing. So that's the stories you like. Uh, talking to people, it sounds like the Saints are praying Darnell is there in the second round. Kip may know that. I think they picked pretty early in the second, uh, that draft order. So Darnell might slide into that second round. Uh, did see two this morning. I apologize for not uh, noticing which ones they were, but two mo- different mock drafts. All of a sudden, it sounds like Keely Ringo has some traction with Jacksonville. Uh, so that would be a great situation for him because that team is ready to. They took the Chiefs to the fourth quarter last year in, in Kansas City. Uh, they're getting Calvin Ridley. So I mean, to add the pieces of puzzle there, so that that wouldn't. Uh, that wouldn't suck, and I'd, I'd like to be his financial guy and tell him what he's going to save on state taxes if he blinds up in Jacksonville uh, for Keely Ringo. So I think there's going to be a lot of players drafted in the next three days. I'm always interested in the free agent moves, but it's going to take me a while to get over the Falcons not taking Jamari Sawyer because um, this kid's from Atlanta. He's from Pace Academy. He's a Georgia Bulldog. Uh, he's just one of the sharpest young men you'll ever meet. And uh, my daughter actually flew out to San Diego last year in an NFL project. I was proud of her. And she got paired up with Jamari. And she called me when she left. She's like, Dad, I've never met a, a kid sharper than Jamari Sire. And the Chargers got a franchise left tackle, man, <laughs> for pennies on the dollar. And we could be using him right now. So uh, I'm just – I'm looking forward to what this draft, how it unfolds. Um, I find myself more fascinated in the late rounds because you can find those guys that, um, you know, kind of hidden gems that can be those dudes. And um, for me, I think the one thing I will watch is kind of where Darnell goes. And then a guy that Kip and I know and covered a long time, does Robert Bill sneak into this draft? And did he do enough at the end of the year to slide in? Because he's another one of those guys that didn't, myself included, just got written off. Like he was so far down the depth chart. Next thing you know, Robert Bill was having to play like real minutes for Georgia. So I'm interested in how he does. And uh, I want to say one comment to Jordan Harris, this guy that's always on here for us. I am 1,000% in agreement that Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft. I even went back and watched the Tennessee-Alabama game a couple nights ago. And I'm telling you right now, if they don't have Bryce Young, they get ran out of the building. But Bryce Young made play after play after play and throw after throw after throw. And I know he's small. And, uh, but listen, this is a different world now in the NFL. You know, can he hold up to some hits? We're going to find out. But as far as standing in that pocket with an arm, throwing off platform, uh, very quick release, spent some time with him in Texas that one year. This guy checks all the boxes for me. And I 100% uh, would draft him number one. Take a quick break, come back, talk a little bit more about some of these Georgia players, what we're intrigued by, what we want to watch for. But uh, we'll take a quick break first. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, some of our thoughts on these Georgia guys and kind of start with a question of who of this Georgia group intrigues you the most as far as what winds up really becoming their draft stock, where they end up. And, And I'll get started and say, um, a guy that uh, Rusty mentioned a few minutes ago, Keely Ringo. I am very intrigued to see where he lands because, you know, you look at different mock drafts and you can only put so much stock into some of those, but some have him as a first rounder. I've seen him mid third round. You know, it feels like people don't really have a great sense of where exactly Keely's going to end up. But you look at his size, you look at his speed, um, and you look at, too, some of the big plays he made in over the course of his career at Georgia. You know, I think he got some flack last season. Some of it warranted. Some of it I didn't think was necessarily fair. And he just, he to me, is a really intriguing corner at a position that I, I think is fairly deep going into this draft. It seems like that there's a lot of those guys, especially at the top of the list at cornerback, uh, that could wind up working their way first round and maybe early second round. So I, I really want to pay attention to what happens to Keeley and to where he ends up. You know, if it's a good situation like Jacksonville, uh, that could bode really well for him as he develops. Uh, Kip, I'll throw to you. Is there one of these Georgia players you're really intrigued by as far as just seeing where they wind up going and then sort of following what that fit looks like with that team? I'm going to pretend both you guys read my mock draft projections for the for the Georgia players since I, I projected Keeley to go to Jacksonville. Oh wow! Uh, I think uh, I just think that 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 pick makes a lot of sense for them uh, with their secondary and just with, with with his traits. I think you know it's the opposite of Darnell Washington. I think pos- positional value gets him into the first round. But for me, the guys I'm kind of in just. I'm interested in watching are, are the guys that came back, you know, those super seniors for, for Georgia guys that would probably were not on any draft boards a couple of years ago or not many, you know, uh, I know that school, uh, the, the scouts try to build out their boards as many guys as possible. As far as draftable grades, you know, having Robert Beal uh, be a potential, uh, I, I have him at the late sixth round. I got him going number, you know, 200 overall. You know, to the Chargers because they have a 32-year-old Khalil Mack in there, and Joey Bosa was out for a, a lot of last year. Their pass rush could use some help, and I think he's the kind of that guy that could come in there and and, and make a roster, and you know, potentially, uh, you know, carve out a nice career for himself. But then also just you know, Chris Smith, uh, just a guy that uh, you know, uh, came in there, didn't get a lot of playing time early, started to build up his role at Georgia more and more. And now uh, I think he squeaks into the end of the third round. I got him going to uh, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, uh, 101 overall. I, I think uh, one of their safeties talked about retiring last year to Sean Gibson. And usually when you hear that kind of talk, you should probably start to, to build that roster out to have a replacement. So 
you know, the 49ers got three uh, picks awarded to him at the end of the third round. I, I think that's he's a guy that can come in there and push George Odom for a backup role right there, give him some depth. But just the fact that both those guys, super seniors, came back, played for Kirby Smart in that program in a year, and now have a chance to hear their name called an NFL draft. Uh, we you talk about the three and out guys. You know, you talk about guys that Rusty and I, I see in high school and know, you know, that guy's playing on Sundays. Uh, these guys took a different path. And it's one that's equally important for a program like Georgia, getting guys like that back. Just think about where Georgia would have been the last two years if they didn't have Robert Beal and, and Chris Smith in their program. If those guys did not come back, you know, Beal coming back and, you know, leading the team in sacks. And it seems like Chris Smith, you know, every play he made was just such a huge, you know, game changing play for him. And that's all he did. And he was never afraid to to come up and, you know, make a big hit as well. So I just think those are those guys that when you hear, if you hear their name called in the draft, it's just going to be kind of that, you know, that moment where, uh, you know, this is a different feather in Kirby Smart's cap where he can say, these guys stayed here, they developed, and look at them now. And with the transfer portal, you, you need that kind of selling point as well because you got to recruit your own roster just as much as, you know, trying to get high school guys or help in the portal. You want to keep your guys in the program. So I just think that's going to be huge for them. And uh, that's kind of something I'm wait, waiting to see if it happens. Rusty, other guys from this group for Georgia that you're really fascinated by, things you want to kind of keep an eye, an eye out for once this draft gets underway? If this draft and his career, if he stays healthy, Kenny McIntosh can make some money in the NFL. Kenny McIntosh is built for the NFL game. Um, you know, they don't have to – you don't get in there behind, you know um, – um, Three tight end set and pound in the NFL. It's get the ball out in space. Uh, the one thing that Kenny McIntosh, I don't know if he got better or if he just showed, but Kenny McIntosh was so good at running through tackles and turning a three-yard gain into six-yard gain. And the NFL guys break that down, yards after contact, contact balance. That's the new, you'll hear that 10,000 times uh, during the draft, but Kenny McIntosh was is a guy that I think Georgia fans are going to be like, man, we had that guy. He was, you know, he played a pivotal role this year for Georgia. But if Kenny McIntosh stays healthy, he is going to be. Um, I think he's going to play a, a good while in the NFL. I think he's going to make some money. And Chris Smith, that Kip brought up, Chris Smith is a sure tackler, and he has got a high football IQ. He's not going to blow you away athletically, but. He has inserted himself into that defense, and he took that role and off the field uh, who he is. Um, you know, he kind of reminds me of a guy that I grew up with that played 10 years in the NFL that never really – never was an all-pro, never did a lot of things. But you know what he did? He stayed out of trouble. He was healthy, and he was a sure tackler, and he was a great teammate on special teams, and he got in 10 years. And I could certainly see Chris Smith. Uh, one of those guys, you turn around, and that next thing you know, it's like, man, it's like Ben Jones. Ben Jones on year 10. We blink our eye, and here he is. And you think, man, Chris Smith, you could blink your eye. And a kid from Hateville Charter, a kid that practices on a field that didn't even have field goal posts. And if you ever go to Hateville Charter, the field, the practice field is kind of at an angle. If you throw to the right, you're running downhill, literally. Uh, rocks all over the field. And uh, that kid is cut from a different cloth. Got to bring up the the one name that I'm really intrigued just to see where he ends up, and it's Stetson Bennett. Uh, I, I'll start with 
my guess, and I think the Detroit Lions are going to pick Stetson. I would say probably the fourth or fifth round, but I've had it in my head. If you've ever listened to Dan Campbell, he's going to look at Stetson and say, this guy is a freaking winner. I mean, yeah. like that's just, that's just how Campbell talks, and that is sort of the mindset. And you see how they're trying to change the trajectory of the Lions, and they took a step forward last year, almost made the playoffs. To me, that fit makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you still got Jared Goff. Um, but I'm going to say Setson goes to Detroit. I say probably the fourth or fifth round. Uh, Rusty, what what do you got? What do you think makes sense with Set? The 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 one thing that we could talk about the whole podcast on Stetson Bennett. But what I talked about C.J. Stroud and the tape he put out against Georgia. You look at the tape on Stetson Bennett against Ohio State. You look at the tape on Stetson Bennett against Tennessee. You look at the tape on Stetson Bennett in the 2021 Alabama game. Um, you know, and specifically in that fourth quarter, we talked about that a lot. So, you know, with Stetson Bennett, you know, the, the age, the size, all those things. But I'll tell you this, there's going to be a guy, and I love that. That's a great comparison, Jordan, bringing up Dan Campbell. There's going to be a football guy that goes, I don't give a damn. That guy played his best in the biggest games. Um, I think he had a great workout. Obviously, he had some off-the-field stuff he dealt with the last couple of months. Uh, but I think Stetson Bennett did exactly what he needed to do. I think his marketing people kind of reeled him in and said, look, we need – this is the most important six months of your football career right here. And I think that Stetson Bennett had a great pro day. I thought he had through, through great in Indianapolis. So like, just like I talked about C.J. Stroud, Stetson Bennett's tape is going to win over someone, and I think he's off the board no later in the fifth round to someone. Kip, what do you think? Uh, is there a team that sort of stands out to you when it comes to Stetson? Well, now that Aaron Rodgers has been traded, you'll look at that uh, depth chart in Green Bay. you got Jordan Love and I believe uh, Danny Etling uh, as your two quarterbacks. I mean, what do you know about either of those as far as knowing that you know they're a legit NFL starting quarterback? I think uh, that that is definitely a depth chart that it should be very appealing. and. You know, talking about going in there and, and again, proving people wrong. And, and Rusty talks about the round. You know, I, I originally had Stet as, as a late six-rounder, but, you know, now you, you look at Green Bay adding additional picks. Uh, I, I think that, that could be a great fit for him, whether they want to take him at 116 in the fourth or 149 in the fifth. Uh, you know, he could be on board for either one of those picks. I think that that would be a, a, a great fit for him. and. Also, the Las Vegas Raiders, that's where I originally had uh, Stetson projected. I mean, you got Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know, he is great when he plays, has been. Um, hasn't been able to stay on the field a lot. So you, you might want an insurance plan. And right now, I think they got Brian Hoyer, who is still still hanging around the league. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, maybe you want to try to have that next guy in line. So I think those are good, still great fits for him. And that's really what it's all going to be about. You know, what do you think Stetson Brennan can bring to the table and, and what kind of value? And I think those are just you, – you look at those depth charts. Uh, they could probably use a higher floor than what they have right now. And that's one thing Stetson Bennett's going to do. He's going to raise the floor of your quarterback room. And, I mean, uh, whether or not he can be a starter in NFL, I mean, that's a question only he can answer. But you know, you know that he's going to be ready. He's going to dive into that playbook, and I think that is going to provide him, you know, probably some early day three value. One advantage I think Stetson Bennett's going to have is doubt. 
And what, I, what I'm talking about is he's been doubted the entire time. It's not going to be any different for him to walk into a room and vote and people go, damn, he's small. There's no way he can do it because that's all he's ever known. So he's dealt with that part. It's not going to be any different. Now he'll walk into an NFL locker room and he'll have two national championship rings. So that'll carry a little bit more weight than walking into yours to Georgia two different times as a walk on and the second time as a scholarship player. So uh, he's going to know how to deal with people doubting him or whatever he does when he, when he, alone with himself and he thought look he bets on himself so the age thing is 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 a deal you know you can dance around it all you want to uh you know he's 25 be 26 i think before he ever plays a game uh if he if he's on an nfl roster at that point so there's a lot of uh you know a lot of variables there with that so you pick him you're not thinking this guy is going to be our franchise but can this guy help us win games if needed and can he get hot for us? Can he, you know, have some games like that, um, you know, like San Francisco did at the end of the year last year? Can can he get hot if we have an injury and carry us and win some games? And he's done in college. I'm really hoping wherever he ends up that it is a uh, got a bird logo and he can use that old uh, Postal Service hat he had, throw that on there. I think it'd be a pretty good look for him. Eagles. No Eagles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could do it. Oh, man. I, All right. I don't yeah. think Stetson needs to end up in Vegas, but other than that, I, I think he'd be good. I don't think I, I mean, Stetson needs Vegas. I'll just be honest with you. Rusty Mansell didn't need Vegas. I can tell you that. Uh, I don't think Stetson needs Vegas. Anywhere else, I think he'd be good to go. I've seen some projections to the Cowboys, you know, and that kind of be full circle after uh, this offseason, no doubt. How about that? That'd be pretty cool. Um, before we wrap this up, uh, I want to ask both of you guys this. Over under three and a half Georgia players taken in the first round. I'll start with you, Kip. Do you think over or under three and a half in those first 31 picks? I'll go over. Like I said, I think Keely Ringo gets in there. And like if, if a team has Darnell as their number one or number two quarterback uh, tied in on the board, then they'll take him as well. So yeah, the odds there are probably coin flips of both, but I, I like the odds of Keely getting in, uh, if not both of them. How about you, Rusty? Three and a half in those first 31 picks. I'll I'll go under just because I think Darnell's going to slide right there behind Mayer and obviously the tight end from Utah. People kind of flip-flopping. It's just like Kip said. It's 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 a specific position of need if you if you have that for a tight end. He's he's there's no one looks like him in this draft. So he's got that on him, but if I had to put the mortgage on it, I would go under that because I think Darnell is going to slide right there to that early, early second. Um, I think Nick Chubb went 35th and, you know, to Cleveland there. So uh, I think, you know, Darnell could be somewhere in that range, which kind of stinks. But on the flip side, you have to do, you get that four-year deal instead of that five-year. So it gets closer to the second contract. What about yeah. Keeley? Uh, I got Keeley uh, going first round. Well, then that puts you on the over, doesn't it? So under three, yeah, three and a half, right? Yeah, three and a half. Yeah, so I'd have Nolan. Oh well, yeah, I'd have Broderick. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I go. I will go over. Yep, I will go. Yep. Over. I'm going under just because I think Keeley's gonna slide. Probably, I think I have him the third or fourth pick in that second round. But I think I think three and a half's right at that number that that's you'd want to watch. Yeah, that's a good number, and I think that. Yeah, that's nice. I think Keeley and Darnell are going to tell the tale. I think Broderick. Nolan and, and Jalen are, are locks in there. So whew, that's a tough number, man. We should put that on the board. Let, yeah. uh, let everybody make that pick. I'll do it for sure when we wrap up this podcast. Yep. Uh, 
one more note before we get out of here. We got to do, because this was a big week, the Georgia Men's Basketball Minute. Uh, Mike White and company have been busy on the recruiting trail. Uh, they had RJ Melendez since the last time we had the podcast, and they have signed two more guys. Jalen De- Deloach, uh, he's coming from VCU as 6'9 forward, originally from Savannah. And then on Monday, they landed Silas DeMary Jr., who was at one point a USC signee. Backs out, decides to come to Georgia, a Charlotte native, four-star combo guard. Guys, I, I have to say I really like what Georgia's doing right now and reloading this roster. They still need a center. I think they may try to go get another guard as well. They got three open spots. Um, but I think there is a lot to like with how they've taken this offseason, especially because there was a little while there where it kind of seemed like the the path forward wasn't necessarily clear when you lose guys like Terry Roberts and Cario Oquendo. I think Mike White and company have done a very good job and really fascinated to see what these next few weeks look like. Terry Roberts left. Yeah, he is going pro. I don't think he's going to be drafted, uh, but he has left, and I don't think there is a window where he comes back. That's well, all right, everybody. We're going to wrap this up. Be sure to keep an eye on the website the next few days. we got a ton of draft content, and make sure and watch Thursday night. We will have everything covered. Every time a Georgia player goes off the board, you will see a story. And uh, it'll be a, a packed uh, two, three days, but uh, no, no doubt it's going to be a fun one to see where these Bulldogs land. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up right there for Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams. I'm Jordan Hill. Appreciate everybody who watched this live, who is listening to it after the fact. Until next time, take care. Praise the Army.